the Monsters Inc. Laugh Floor. It's the Mickey Dudes Podcast. Here's your master of ceremonies, Wazowski. Hello, humans! Hello, humans, and welcome to another episode of the Mickey Dudes Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Koch, joined today at the table by my producer, Greg Nevis. I regret nothing ever. And our rotating commentators, Jeff Williams. Flash photography, I wouldn't. It alters the homing signal, and that's not good. And Kyle Ostrander. I sat next to Rebel Spy. Our other co-host, Pat Gennetti, can't be with us tonight. He's probably stuck somewhere in cardboard box land, probably muttering something about Park Hoppers for All again. So we hope he gets well very soon. And today on the Mickey Dudes podcast, we are celebrating a monumentous occasion because today we are having our first ever guest commentator come on with us. I'd like to welcome our friend of the show, even before we started recording, and run Disney correspondent for ResortLoop.com, Joe Kotachi. Paging Mr. Morrow, Mr. Tom Morrow, please report to the control tower to confirm your flight to the moon. Welcome, Joe. Glad to have you. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me, guys. Oh, it's been something that's been on the to-do list right from the start when we started recording. We knew that you would be our run Disney guy. I appreciate it. Thanks for uh, thanks again for having me. Oh, it's our pleasure. All right, and today, with that said, we will be talking run Disney with the next uh, race, the Star Wars Florida race, themed to the dark side. We have the dark side challenge, the 5K, the 10K, and the half marathon, the challenge representing both the 10K and the half. We have all of our commentators, both Kyle and Jeff, traveling down to uh, Florida to partake in them, along with me. So we figured we'd bring on an expert in Run Disney to uh, basically talk about what to expect. And before we do that, though, we are going to get into a Mickey Dudes poll. As King of Sugar Rush, I hereby officially decree that it's time for a Mickey Dudes podcast poll. All righty, Kyle. Take it away. All right, Joe. I know you're a big fan of the show, and you know Mickey Dude poll is. However, for those who don't know, the poll is I ask a question, something simple, something matter, ask you a question, you pick from uh, what I give you, give a re- reason why you like it, don't like it, and no debate, no nothing. Just that's all simple as it is. And on the show, we're going to find out what is a dude's favorite mountain. Space, Splash, Big Thunder. And even though it doesn't have the mountain name in it, it's still a big freaking mountain. That's Expedition Everest, just including this mountain hole. And so, and since Mr. Joe is our guest, he'll be the first one to go. Well, it's without a doubt 100% Space Mountain. I mean, that is the first fast pass that I always make uh, when I'm heading down to the world. Uh, there's nothing better than walking in that queue. You feel like you're transported back to like 1985 with that that music, that, that musty smell when you're walking through the tunnel. Just walking underneath, it's probably one of my favorite cues not only because it's really air conditioned as well when you get those hot summer days and just walking up and just, I'm having visions of like Rika one and FX one back in the day and just you know am I gonna go on the alpha track the Omega track I mean there's just nothing better than it's a simple coaster but it's just it's Disney to me it's the Magic Kingdom to me that is just my favorite it's the one that I if I can make three fast passes for every day that's what I would that's what I would do would be uh, Space Mountain so without a doubt Space Mountain, hands down. All right, Joey, have you ever rode Space Mountain with the lights on? Actually, that is the one thing, as many times as I've rode it, I have never ridden it with the lights on. I've never even been through it with the people mover uh, with the lights on. So uh, 
seen the ride videos on YouTube, like I'm sure everybody else has, but uh, I just never have, uh, never ever it with the lights on. Awesome. I wonder what the reason is that they would put the lights on while still operating normally. Evax probably. Yeah, that makes sense. But why would they still be like in uh, operation at that moment with the ride going if they're not uh, evacing at the moment? I could see if the ride's stuck, they have to evac. But I have seen videos where the lights are fully on. Maybe it's a cast member test or something. It's, it's pretty freaky. Yeah, it is. Could it be a maintenance issue maybe? Maybe to keep it one track open. That's a possibility. And Jeff, since you spoke up next, um, you're next. Oh, good. I'm glad I get to go next because I'm going to steal Splash Mountain. Um, that's that's absolutely my favorite ride at Disney World. It, it covers, it, for my opinion, it, it encompasses my four favorite ingredients. It's got an excellent storyline. It's thrilling. It's got a little thrill involved. Musicality, it's really awesome music that you can sing along to. And above all, it, it's length. It's at 11 minutes. It's a great ride to chill and kick back and enjoy. There's some downtime portions and some sped up portions, but all in all, it's just a fun time. Excellent. Greg, what you got? Oh, well, you know, as a kid, I always wanted to be an astronaut. And the first time I, I rode Space Mountain, it took me back to my childhood and, and how cool it would have been to you know, be in a capsule and you know land on the moon. And so for me and, and all the reasons that, that Joe outlined a couple minutes ago, it, it's got to be Space Mountain. Don't go shit to Dave on this one. I'm going to say that uh, Splash Mountain is definitely my... Uh, pick on the mountains it just makes you happy all all around the music is awesome the story is timeless i mean east or west home is best it's thrilling you get immersed into a cartoon and i'm also going to uh, pull a lumangelo and i'm gonna say that in disneyland i prefer space mountain in disneyland over the one in florida because it's just a better smoother ride and it has an awesome soundtrack that you do not get on the little pea pods that you uh, ride on in um, Florida. Well, since I've never been to Disneyland, that does not count. My favorite is Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. Um, you probably saw my, my introduction, my first ever roller coaster. You're, you're probably going like six miles an hour, but you feel like you're going like 30. It's just a great, great time, good music, and fast trains. What else can you ask for? Excellent. Tell us what you think. Go to our Facebook page, go to our Twitter machine, and tell us what your favorite mountain is. Okay, now, before we get into our topic... I want to have our guest, Joe, uh, tell our listeners a little bit about himself. Joe, how did you get into Disney and Run Disney in particular? And tell about your work with Resort Loop, please. Well, how I got into Run, first of all, I got into Disney, first of all, was I was pretty lucky as a kid growing up. Lucky in the fact that I used to go possibly one to two times a year. Back in the 80s and 90s, I would stay you know, at the Grand Floridian Contemporary Polynesian. Like, I was pretty spoiled as a kid. I, I was pretty lucky. It was always a part of our life. I always went with my cousins. We would go with groups of like, you know, 10 to 15 of us. Like it was just something that our family did. You know, being from New Jersey, you know, a lot of families would go down to Jersey Shore. We would go to Disney every summer. We would go to Disney for Christmas or Thanksgiving. So that is, it's ingrained in me since I was probably five years old. My first trip, I believe was in 1985. Uh, we stayed at the Polynesian. But um, now being a DVC member and getting into run Disney, how I got into Run Disney was, and I, I never like to bring this up because I'm kind of ashamed of it, but you know, I was a smoker for a long time. I was almost a pack and a half to two pack a day smoker at, at my heaviest. You know, I just said one day, I, I, was, I just turned 30. I said, what am I doing? I gotta, I gotta quit. I, I, what am I doing still smoking? So I always, always knew about the Walt Disney World Marathon. And I was like, if I ever did that, you know, I would like to, if I ever wanted to run a marathon, I would do a Disney marathon. Well, I started doing some research into it didn't realize how hard it was to sign up for it. 
But uh, eventually I quit smoking. I started running some local races by me uh, just because I was not a big gym guy. So I was like, you know, I'm going to get into this running thing. I played soccer in high school, so uh, running wasn't really a big issue for me. But And I enjoyed it. So I started doing a few local races, uh, joined a running club in New Jersey, and uh, eventually found the... Uh, found the Mickey Miles podcast with Michelle and Mike, started learning about like when to sign up for the Run Disney races and so on and so forth and got hooked on their show. And eventually uh, a few years back, I signed up for uh, my first marathon, which was the Walt Disney World Marathon back in 2014. And ever since uh, I've been hooked. Uh, I've done Dopey now, I've, done, I've been out to Disneyland uh, for the Disneyland Half Marathon weekend. Uh, since Quasi moved to Florida, so I've been bouncing back from Florida and New Jersey where our, our other home is. And uh, so I'm hoping to run some even more races down here being only now an hour from the parks. So uh, that's kind of how I got started with Run Disney. It just It's being a Disney fan all those years and getting into the running and being a way to stay fit. Um, it combines two of the things that I loved the most was being healthy now and also being in Disney. How I got involved with the Resort Loop guys was just a fan of their show from the very beginning. And uh, Tim and Bob are just unbelievable guys. And if, you, if any of your listeners have never listened to their show, it's 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 amazing. And uh, I used to always you know, write in with uh, you know stuff about you know you know the Run Disney races, and then kind of hooked up with them. And they said, "Would you like to? We're going to start a blog. Would you guy? Would you like to write for us?" I said, "Sure." And uh, I've written a, written a little bit for them, not as much as I'd like to. Just been a lot going on in my, my personal life. But I've also been on their show a few times as well, discussing uh, you know the differences between a Disney World weekend and a Disneyland half marathon weekend. And by all means, am I no expert? But I do have some experience with you know going back and forth between the two. So that's kind of like uh, my background in a nutshell. Um, I'm also a DVC member as well, so uh, I do go quite often. I actually will be in Disney tomorrow for my wife's 34th birthday. I she doesn't listen to this. I just blurred out her age. But uh, we're going to do some dinner at the Grand Floridian and uh, maybe hit the Magic Kingdom tomorrow night. But I do go to the uh, parks quite often. And that's kind of my Disney background in a nutshell and how I got into uh, Run Disney. Thanks. And definitely happy birthday oh, to your wife. Thank you. Yeah, we'll pass that along to her. I do have to agree with you that those uh, Run Disney races become addicting because that's how I became an annual pass holder. I started running my first uh, 5K in 2011, and it was basically just one of my friends was uh, training for a marathon, and we were up all night in Las Vegas, and he then, uh, when we got back to the room, he decided to go run eight miles on the strip, and I told him, you're crazy. He told me that he had to train for a marathon that he was doing and had to get done. I said to him, I wish I could run. He said to me, why can't you? You're going to come out to San Diego, visit me, and we're going to run a 5K together. I trained for that 5K thinking that I would never uh, have to uh, run again in my life. He ended up uh, introducing me to a couple of other people. One person that I ended up meeting was a uh, ex-cast member who told me about Run Disney. And since then, I've been hooked. I started doing long distance to train for the Tower of Terror 10-miler. And by my count now, I have 12 Disney races under my belt between both Florida and California at the moment. So it is one of those things that just is a major passion. Probably more Run Disney is probably more of a passion than just Disney in, in general for me. You know, and as we are, Dave, we're part of the same team. You know, we're part of the, the Mickey Milers team. And I'm also part of the BOGP Lizards as well. As am I. And, you know, exactly. And you, you join these teams and there's no pressure. Everybody is so friendly. 
and it gets to be where you know you're interacting on social media and you're you're tweeting at each other, Facebooking each other, and you're encouraging each other to help with your training. It's not just talking about Disney. It's like, hey, I went out for this run today, and I I ran five miles, and I did six, and everybody is going back and forth encouraging each other, and then you actually get to the event and you have like this giant reunion. And you know, people are going out to eat together. People are going to the parks together. So it's not just about running the race. It's not just about waking up early and running a 5K or a 10K. It, it's about the whole experience. And as somebody who runs local races, as somebody who's run the New York City Marathon twice, I've run the New York City Half Marathon, the New Jersey Half Marathon. You know, these larger races. Um, you know, you run the race and that's it. You go home. But when you're doing a run Disney race or run Disney weekend, it's a, it's a whole event. It's a whole, it just consumes you. And that's, you don't usually get that with your local races. You might get it with the New York city marathon. That, that's a whole spectacle in itself or the Boston marathon or Chicago marathon. But you know, a run Disney weekend is just, it's just, it's all encompassing. It's, it's a fantastic time. And uh, you make friendships and memories that, you know, you might not get doing, you know, other local races. I will say that uh, a lot of times I will take a uh, solo trip down. Any solo trip I've taken for a race, I am never alone. I always have people to hang out with. There's always somebody to see. There's always somebody to split a room with. And it's getting to the point now where we're all getting together through the Mickey Milers and we're starting to uh, run other races around the country and just meeting up. So we've met up for rock and roll races in Virginia Beach. We've done them uh, in Washington, D.C. We've done them in Philadelphia. A lot of them come up to New York City to run with me around here. And it's just become this part of my life that I couldn't picture without it. But with that said, I want to move on to our uh, other guys because they are going to be running their first Run Disney half and 10K. Uh, Jeff has done the Princess 5K last uh, month. I had the pleasure of finally meeting him in the flesh over there. I did the half of that one. Now, with that said, I want to get over to uh, Kyle and Jeff, because they're going to be running their first Run Disney half in April. Uh, probably This is coming out about a week before the event, so uh, less than two weeks, they will be uh, running the Dark Side Challenge with me. Uh, so I want to get to them with some questions. But before that, I want to ask Jeff a question. With uh, the 5K that you did at Princess Weekend, did you feel that you were priced out in any way considering what was the product you were given because a lot of people are refusing to do Disney 5Ks now they're saying that they're too crowded they're not a good value what do you think Jeff slap shot to you well that's a good question uh, so keep in mind that was our very first run Disney event so it was a nice way to you know tip our toe in the water um, we loved it we loved the slow the slow pace for an introduction uh, run we have run 5Ks uh, elsewhere, so we're not we're not new to the running the running game. But uh, so if I was competitively running the 5K, it would be yeah, it would probably be a nightmare. But as far as uh, you know, as far as the meet and greets go, it was it was pretty good. I was kind of burned by the whole um, uh, we we did the the breakfast thing, and uh, you know we we me and my wife have injuries, so when we uh, exited, we went straight to the medical tents and iced down for a little while. And then um, it didn't seem like anybody knew where exactly the the uh, breakfast tent was. We asked, I think, four people. We finally made it over the breakfast tent. It's at the, the finish line. But the minute we got in there and they said, okay, we're closing in 10 minutes. <laughs> so, you know, we spent 
I don't know, $45, $40 a person or something for this breakfast thing. So we, you know, I've never eaten so fast in my life. I mean, we just snarfed down every everything we could get our hands on. But um, but all in all, um, you know, it was, it was a good event. I thought that it was a, it was a pretty good value. But, you, you know, we're Disney fanatics, so we're digging all the, the characters and the, and the new angle, fresh perspective. So Now, were any of the character lines closed by the time you got to them? No, we were in D, so it went to EF. Uh, we were at the very front of D, so uh, we didn't partake in any of the pre-race uh, meet and greets. Uh, probably should have, but uh, we were more uh, stressing trying to get at the very front of D, so we'd had plenty of time to meet the characters on the race. But no, we had we had plenty of time. Thanks, Chef. With that said, before we get into our discussion, I just wanted to quickly go over what you actually get included in the price of a Run Disney event. Not gonna lie, Run Disney events are expensive, but they are a top quality race. Couple things that you're gonna get is that Disney difference. First thing is, yes, you are going to get characters on the side of the road cheering you on, along with other entertainment, DJs, local bands at times, all out, kind of just making your experience that much more enjoyable. One of the things, though, that I will say as the drawback to the characters are people want to stop to take pictures. You have to maintain a 16 minute per mile pace. Otherwise, you have the chance of being picked up by the sweeper buses because they have to close the parks. They need time to do their normal operations. But with that said, they end up closing the character lines. Now, my feeling is this. If you are paying your money to pay for Disney entertainment, you should not be closed out. I understand it's a logistics issue, but if you're willing to take that risk and get on that line, if you do end up getting swept at that point, that is a risk you have to take. I stop for characters all the time, but I get really offended when I'm told that I can't get on the line and the line is closed, which happened to me during the uh, Star Wars race in uh, Disneyland. I never got my chance to meet BB-8, but I'm not bitter, darn it. On top of that, you also get transportation to the race, which we're going to get into that with Joe. Is it better to take a car or take a bus over to there? But you get luxury uh, motor coaches that are um, provided by Mears because the mouse loves Mears. You also get uh, during and post-race nutrition along with great memories. Joe, can you think of anything else that's... Um, comes in to run Disney price. You know, you're getting those great tech shirts. Um, I've gotten compliments on them. Uh, I know for the marathon weekend, I mean, they're printed on both sides and down, down the sleeve. I mean, they're pretty good. They're pretty good material. I mean, you're just getting the experience. I mean, like just, just, I mean, when do you ever get to run down World Drive, run through the Magic Kingdom gates? I mean, that that's, there's something you can't put a price on. Running through down, I'm running down Main Street, running backstage. Besides, you know, all of the logistical stuff that you get, and transportation, by the way, was a huge thing on my list, um, which you've already touched on. But just those experiences, I mean, you're just, you're not gonna get those anywhere else. You can't pay for those. To go backstage, you're gonna have to buy a tour, which at least will cost you, you know, 90, 75 or 90 bucks for a basic backstage tour at the Magic Kingdom. So, I mean, you're getting all of that, you know, included in your price. And of course, the one thing I forgot to touch on is those awesome medals. Yeah, I mean, the medals, the Disney medals are just ridiculous. And I think if you've run a rock and roll series race, I think rock and roll has taken note from Disney and up their medals as well. Disney, I think, set the standard for novelty medals. I mean, for the, the medal, you know, person who just wants to get the bling, you know, quote unquote. 
and every year they're coming out with something different. Every race is something different. It's like the unveiling of the medals. What are the medals for this weekend going to look like? What are the medals for this following weekend going to look like in Disneyland? It's a big deal. And just walking around the parks with those medals on, I mean, that's just half the fun right there. So dude, the Disney medals are just, you know, they're, they're on a level by themselves. I'm at that point where I pick my races based on the medals. I just love a nice new medal and I see it and I just say it has to be mine. It has to be in my collection. So I will travel the country chasing after medals. Kind of says something about me, though. A little off topic, Dave. What, what is your favorite Disney medal? My favorite would be the old Expedition Everest medal because it was a full working compass. Okay. The race was a 5K and afterwards a scavenger hunt. And I actually have the uh, distinction of being the male that came in complete last. I think it was 2012 because I finished the 5K. I went to do the scavenger hunt and some of the clues I just got stuck on. And if you really don't know them, you can go up to a cast member and ask for the answer and they'll kind of point you towards the right answer. I sat there working out every clue and my stubborn pride would not let me go ask a cast member. So I sat there figuring out every uh, solution. By the time I crossed that finish line, when I checked to see my time, because they combined both the 5K, they give you the 5K time, which I was happy with at that point, and the overall finish time, and I am listed as dead last in the male competitors. That is an accomplishment all on its own right there. And you have a great story that goes with that medal. I think that's probably why I have it uh, in the hanging in the spot of honor alongside my first marathon medal and my goofy medal, but it's just more of the fact of stubborn pride wins all with me. Nice. What about you? Um, mine would probably have to be my first, uh, well, it's actually my only one right now, but is uh, my Coast to Coast medal. When I ran, finished the Dumble Double Dare and ran the Disneyland half along with the 5K, and I got that Coast to Coast medal, it was so heavy. And it was, it was such good quality with the partner statue on it. I was just, you know, I'm walking around Disneyland, I was so proud to wear that medal. And, you know, even over like my first marathon medal at Disney World, even over my New York City marathon medals, this was just such a cool medal to have. Um, and just when you were walking around the park in Disneyland, people would come up and ask you, oh, you ran in Orlando, how was it? And then you strike up conversations with them telling them about how it was on the East Coast. It was just, it's just an amazing medal. It's just, it's just my favorite. I mean, it's got Walt, it's got Mickey on it, it's got the castle on it. it it's got everything you want on it. It's like, it's, it's just my favorite and it's, Probably one of the best quality Disney medals I've seen. It's just the detail on it is so great. Yeah, did you do the inaugural double? No, I did it the second year. So the set, yeah, I was a second year guy. Okay, I did the inaugural, and that was my first half marathon. Actually, a great place to do it. The Disneyland races are such a great value. I don't want to get too much off topic here, but the the 5K and the 10Ks in Disneyland are just so much better than the ones in Disney World. Uh, the va the va going back to value for a race. If you're gonna do a 5K or a 10K as a run Disney event, it's not a, easy for everybody if you live on the East Coast or in the Midwest to travel out to Anaheim, but the 5Ks and the 10Ks at Disneyland are just a far and a beyond way you know, better than they are in Orlando. There's just so much more park time. Just getting to the start is easier. You can sleep in a little bit later. It's just an overall better experience in Anaheim than it is in Orlando. And that hurts me because I'm a Disney World guy saying that. But uh, the Anaheim 5K and 10K races are definitely a better value. We are in 100% agreement on that one. 
I am going to shut up now because I'm really congested and I'm going to throw it over to both Kyle and Jeff who have a couple questions for you about their first uh, half marathon experience running uh, in Disney World. And from my understanding, Greg has some general runners questions for you too. Gentlemen. Uh, Joe, um, as far as driving, I think we were talking about maybe driving bus versus driving yourself. Have you ever driven yourself? I've done both. I've uh, I've driven myself. Um, there was one year I stayed um, off site at, at a local timeshare. I've also stayed on site. You know, there there are advantages to driving. I mean, you obviously dictate when you leave your your hotel wherever you're staying. When you're staying at an on-property hotel and you're using Disney transportation, you gotta get on some of the earlier buses um, when they leave the resort. If you wait till the very end, you might not make your start. You know, you might you might not make your on-time start. Driving yourself, you control your own destiny when you get there. Now, obviously, you still need to get there early. When we did drive ourselves, we were very early because roads do close around Walt Disney World. They do close Epcot Center Drive. There are other there are certain entrances you have to come in. Um, you could easily have a change of clothes or have a cooler in your car as another benefit uh, for post-race nutrition and stuff if you're not satisfied with what Run Disney provides to you. So there are a few benefits to driving yourself. You know, I personally, I'm an early riser. I get nervous. I, I don't like to be late to things. So I take the Disney transportation. It doesn't really bother me. Uh, I'm on that first bus, you know, leaving the resort early in the morning. I get to the corral. I relax. Um, but if you want to sleep in a little bit, you know, driving yourself might not be a bad option either. Um, you just got to make sure you always give yourself plenty of time because of road closures. So bottom line is you could, you know, leave a change of clothes in your car. You could have a cooler in your car for post-race nutrition. You know, and also you could probably sleep in a little bit more if you drove yourself. Well, now, um, how far a walk is, are the parking lots from where the... Uh the corrals are yeah if the earlier you get there the closer you're gonna park i mean it's probably like a i'm just guesstimating here it's probably like a quarter mile even your walk if you're yeah. during the half marathon your walk to the start is going to be a good probably half mile walk backstage behind future world i believe it's east but uh it's probably a good quarter mile okay yeah no matter what you are going to have a hike when it comes to uh, getting to the corrals no from where they stage you're also going to have to go through security and that bottlenecks also and if you have a fitbit it's kind of fun to like wear a fitbit right when you get out of the car and just actually see what your mileage difference is your race will be 13 miles you'll probably put 16 17 miles on yourself by the time you're done you'll be surprised you'll walk a few extra miles before you're even done with the race exactly and after the race the shoot just seems so long <laughs> there are some races where you finish the race, cross the finish line, and then all of a sudden they have you walking uphill and you want to ask what moron designed this course. <laughs> there is one benefit to Disney transportation over, um, and Dave just you know, brought this you know, to my attention here with, with that comment, is that when you're done going through your post-race corral and you're getting your, your refreshments and all that stuff, if you did take Disney transportation, at least at Walt Disney World, is you're in this giant area, like you know, family reunion area when you're finished, and that's where all of the buses for all the Disney resorts stage at the end. So it's a very short walk to the bus to get out of there. Instead of walking all the way back into the, Ep the other Epcot Center lots, which are west of where you're at. So you will save yourself a little bit of a walk um, if you do take Disney transportation, getting back to your resort, because all the buses are right there. I mean, they're easily marked and they're never crowded on the way out. I never had an issue getting a seat on a bus. Um, 
we stayed on property. So that is one benefit to taking Disney transportation over driving is when you're finished and your legs may be a little bit shot, a little bit jello-y after running, hop right on a bus, nice air-conditioned motor coach, and you're good to go without, without a very long walk. Joe, I'm gonna reiterate one thing that you said is definitely be on one of the early buses. I have always got an early bus and never had a problem, but I have had friends that literally got to the parking lot and had to run the mile or so to the starting line because they were starting to stage. So they had to run right before their race. I had a friend that had to run the mile before even starting the marathon one time because her bus was late because of traffic. And if you do decide to stay on in a deluxe resort, Grand Floridian Contemporary Polynesian, they do have monorail service up and running, but just do not rely on the monorail service to get you there on time. We all know, we're all Disney fans. We're all listening to this podcast. We're all Disney nuts. We all know how unreliable the Walt Disney World monorail system is, okay? The monorails are up and running, okay? These resorts do have bus service as well. I believe they do, but do not rely on the monorail to get you to Epcot quickly because sometimes the monorails do get crowded. They will fill up. Uh, they will break down sometimes. So just, if you are gonna be taking a monorail service, give yourself extra time as well. Just because you're not on a bus doesn't mean that the monorails need to get there on time. I'm gonna do you one better. I'm gonna say that don't even stay at a deluxe. Now I love my chances to stay at deluxes. I will jump at any deluxe resort, but for a race weekend, my number one uh, place to stay is either Pop Century, Art of Animation, or Port Orleans French Quarter. And the reason is there is one bus stop. You might have to go and share a bus with Port Orleans Riverside, but they're gonna stop at French Quarter first, so you're guaranteed to get on the bus. One Princess Weekend, they went around to um, all of the stops at Port Orleans Riverside, and by the time they got to the fourth bus stop, nobody could get on the bus. If you're on an earlier bus, Dave, I've stayed at Port Orleans French Quarter as well. And I've been on some of those early buses that fill up and they will even bypass Riverside completely because they'll be completely full and they won't even go through Riverside. So just for your fans out there that might be thinking about staying at Port Orleans Riverside, if you are gonna take Disney transportation, which is separate from the regular transportation, let's get that clear. Run Disney transportation is separate from regular Disney transport transportation. Those buses will bypass you, your resort completely, and they will go straight to Epcot. So there is a benefit of staying at French Quarter over Riverside, at least transportation-wise. You could also walk over to French Quarter if you want to do that too, if you are staying at Riverside. But that is an excellent uh, observation because I had a nightmare with buses one time when running a princess race. They actually did stop at Riverside, and by the time we got to that fourth uh, bus stop, and we had to bypass it. It was like the sixth bus that ended up bypassing and everybody that was at the bus stop got angry and rushed into the street and actually blocked our bus until Mir sent them their own dedicated bus. So we were all almost late because these people were just so fed up that they had to uh, take drastic measures. I was angry at the point, but now that I'm thinking about it, you know, they had to do what they had to do. Yeah. All right, Kyle, any questions for Joe? Yeah. I've always heard that the 5K is a little more lenient on this uh, 16 minute per mile. Uh, you guys are experienced. Have you all noticed that? I, I, I personally have. Um, there was, I believe it was last year, I did the 5K with my, my dad. My dad's not a runner, he's, he's a walker. Um, and we were in the very back with the balloon ladies. My dad's not a big character person. He just wants to be out there and, you know, just, share some time with me and we would you know kind of sh shoot the breeze and whatever 
I pretty much had the balloon ladies tell me that, yeah, we're not going to sweep you. Now, if we were back with the balloon ladies and they're 20 minutes past, this might be a different story. But from what they told us, unless you're really, really slow, you're probably not going to get swept. So the 16 minute, just to clarify, the 16 minute per mile starts when the last person in the whole entire field crosses that starting line. That's when the clock starts and that's when the balloon ladies are with. So let's just get that straight. If you're in crowd B, C, or D, you've got a huge buffer. You don't have to worry about it. But we were in the back and they pretty much told us we're not going to sweep you. Then that's not a guarantee. They run Disney might change their minds. You know, they, they change their minds like the wind sometimes. But in my experience, being in the back a few times, just walking with my dad, it didn't appear for the 5K that they were going to sweep us up. 10K half marathon, different story, but for the 5K, I, I don't believe so. What, what are balloon ladies? I was just about to get to that, Jeff. Thank you. <laughs> for the 10K and for the half, they definitely will. Now, for our um, listeners who are not familiar with Run Disney, the balloon ladies are actual runners of the race. They're from uh, local uh, running groups in Florida, and they maintain a 16-minute-per-mile pace. And basically, they tie these balloons to their belts so that everybody can see them. And they're maintaining a 16 minute per mile pace. And it gets to a point where if you're behind them, that's when anybody can be picked up by the buses that come uh, behind the race when they have to reopen the roads. So they are supposed to be the very last people of the race at that time. Now there are some spots in the race where if you get to a certain point, they will not sweep you anymore. I almost got swept in my last marathon because I was battling a foot injury and I had to stop at the medical tent at mile 19 for about 10 minutes. By the time I got back on on the road, mile 22, they caught up to me. Now, one thing about the balloon ladies, they are very nice. They are very supportive. Yes, they're very nice. Basically kind of motivate you to go. If you, I had a really nice conversation with one. Shout out to Nancy, by the way. And... They really try to motivate you. As you get to a mile marker, they call out, okay, guys, you have um, 30 seconds to be on pace. If you have it in you, sprint to the next mile marker. And maybe it might be about maybe uh, 200, 300 feet or so. And they'll be giving, um, they'll have run Disney officials towards the end of the race telling everybody how far they are. If you ask them how, how far ahead of pace you are, so that when you're, if you are in danger of being swept, They'll let you know, okay, pick up the pace a little bit. I thought I was going to get swept at mile 21 of the race. I had to mile 24. Once I got to mile 24, which was the boardwalk, you were home free. They let you finish the race because it was all off of Disney roads. And you just had to go through Epcot. And at that point, I was just so tired and so much pain. I was hobbling. I just let them get ahead of me. And I just finished uh, long after the balloon ladies. And, and if you're running a, a challenge weekend, you know, a dopey challenge, rebel challenge weekend, you know, a glass slipper challenge. And during the 5K, I know this during Walt Disney World Marathon weekend, they would, they'll tell you, they'll be like, guys, if you're doing a challenge, you will, this, you need to maintain this pace. Like you are around them. They will remind you, this is the pace you guys got to be at. You got to be ahead of us tomorrow. And they'll just, you know, gladly remind you, this will be the only time that you will not be happy seeing Mickey balloons because the balloons they have are the ones <laughs> you see in the parks. So those are the only times you do not want to see Mickey balloons is when you see the balloon leaves. But yes, they are very nice. I did have a small conversation the one day uh, 
couple of years back when I did do the 5K with my dad. Very nice ladies, and they're very into it. Yes, they are. When I met Nancy, I turned around, I said to her, hello, please don't take this the wrong way, but bye. And I just booked it, and she just busted out laughing at that. <laughs> okay, Greg, do you have any questions? Yeah, actually, I do. Uh, Joe, you've had experience in uh, New York City Marathon. So based on that, uh, what's that one or two things that Run Disney does from, from a logistical standpoint that you think is better than your larger city marathons like like Boston or New York? I'm, I'm, I, first of all, I've never run Boston. It would be an honor to run Boston. But comparing it to New York City logistically, I mean, they're both pretty – I mean, New York City is – the New York Roadrunners is still a first-class I mean, it's the largest marathon in the world. I mean, they're logistically, they're on par. I'd say probably the one thing maybe that Run Disney does better, you know, probably be entertainment. Even though New York City has, you know, they do, New York City entertains itself, essentially. I mean, you, you run across the Verrazano Bridge, you're two miles in a race, you're never alone for the rest of the race. I mean, you've got people surrounding you from the first mile in Brooklyn all the way back to Central Park. You are just surrounded by people. Now, New York City does have like bands and stuff out there, but the entertainment for Run Disney, you know, between the characters, if you're on Anaheim, you know, the, the cheerleaders and the bands, the DJs before the race, the DJs while you're in the corrals, you know, the big video screens, Rudy Novotny, Carissa, you know, all of them, they do such a great job. That's, that's one of the things I think maybe, they're two different animals, they really are. I mean, so to pin one against the other, it might do one, one a disservice, but, um, you know, enter entertainment-wise, far and beyond, it's Run Disney. I mean, expo-wise, they're about the same. Uh, they're both chaotic and crazy. But I would have to probably say, um, probably it'd be entertainment-wise. Okay, gotcha. And if we're going to mention the uh, MCs, Rudy Novotny and Clarissa Bueller, we also have to uh, give a shout-out to the other announcer, John Pelkey. John, sorry about that if you're listening. He's a big fan. Actually, I am. All of them. They make it run Disney race. They're part of the furniture. That was kind of a shocker to me. Um, well, I kind of knew about the staggered starts, but for some reason, I guess I thought I was going to get a countdown. <laughs> they just say it's coming up <laughs> in, in, you know, 30 seconds. And then I'm obviously look at my watch, but one of the reasons we wanted to be at the very front of our corral so we can be at the start of the starting line and have the open road. I was trying to kind of film a little bit of the start. It, man, it just came as a shock. Like, bam, you know, the, the fireworks went off. <laughs> and there's there's nothing better than Rudy, you know, shouting, you know, runner set, go. And I mean, it doesn't matter if you're in California or in Orlando, just hearing him say that, it's just, it just gives you goosebumps and you're just, your adrenaline just starts, you know, just, it's just pumping. And not to mention the fireworks that start the races. You really don't get that in many other localities. And the best part about the Run Disney fireworks is, you know, is if you run a challenge weekend, to use Dopey as an example, the fireworks get progressively bigger as the weekend goes along. I mean, Friday, you know, the 5K, it's small little fireworks. By the time, you know, the marathon comes out, you're getting full, you know, 30 seconds worth of fireworks for each crowd off. It's crazy. And Joe, could you just let our listeners know what exactly the Dopey Challenge is, and for that matter, the Goofy and the Dark Side? Okay, well, the, the Dopey Challenge is held during Walt Disney World Marathon Weekend, which is in January. And that is when you run the 5K, the 10K, the half, and the four, the full marathon, four consecutive days um, registered under the Dopey Challenge. The Goofy is older than the Dopey Challenge. I believe it's this was its 10th year this year, 10th or 11th year. This is 11th year, I'm sorry. And uh, that is just the half marathon and the full marathon. So uh, challenge. The Rebel Challenge is the 10K and the half marathon for the Star Wars weekend. 
Uh, the glass slipper challenge would be the 10K and the half. Is there 10K for Princess Weekend or 5K? It's 5K. Yes. It's a well, there is a 5K, but it's not part okay. of the challenge. You can see I haven't run Princess yet. It is on my list. But um, there's a challenge for that as well. So it's when you combine multiple events into the same weekend, you run them consecutive days, and then you're rewarded at the end of your weekend with an additional uh, challenge medal. And the medals change every year. Obviously, the dopey has dopey on it. The glass slipper challenge will have you know a different kind of Cinderella slipper on it or whatnot. And then the Star Wars will, I don't know, I'm not a big Star Wars fan, I'm sorry guys, but uh, we'll rotate whatever they're gonna have this year. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what the challenges are. Um, you get rewarded at the end for running multiple races on multiple days. And you get the race medal, and in addition, you get the challenge medal. Now for the Dark Side Challenge, you have a 5K rubber medallion. They don't do a full medal for the 5Ks. They're more of these plastic type, uh, it's half plastic, half rubber, but they look kind of cool. Then uh, you get you start to get actual metal for the 10K. For Dark Side, you get a 10K medal, a half medal, I believe, which is uh, supposed to be uh, the Death Star or something. You also get the Challenge medal. And if you ran the Star Wars races, which is basically the light side, the Rebel races in uh, Disneyland in January, you also get a coast-to-coast -coast medal, but they call it the Kessel Run, and it's a Millennium Falcon medal, which I'm really excited to get. All right, gentlemen, do you have any other questions for uh, Joe? Yeah, I got one. Okay. Kind of a scenario for, for both you and for Dave and Joe. I'm coming up my first Disney race. I'm going to the Dark Side Challenge and for some reason doing the 5K as well, so three races in three days, and I'm fat. I'm just trying to get, make sure I get, do everything right, get everywhere on time. So for both of y'all, say tomorrow is the half marathon. You know, what time are you guys going to bed tonight? What time are you guys waking up? What are you eating? And what time are you trying to get out the door for that bus? Uh, Dave, I know for myself, um, typically for a run Disney weekend, because all the races usually start around 5.30 in the morning, I'm usually eating at four o'clock the previous day. I give myself plenty of time to digest. You don't want to be eating too late. I eat normally, you know, a little bit of carbohydrates, you know, whatever I was normally eating during my training. As for waking up, I I'm up at like 2 a.m. I mean, I'm up early. I, I lay out all of my clothes ahead of time. So that would be another uh, tip I would give you is lay out all of your stuff the night before. So everything is ready to go. You know where your watch is. If you're going to use an iPod, your socks are there, your shorts, whatever you're wearing, your bib is already on your shirt. The last thing you want to be is, is you know, fiddling around on a bus and drop or on the car and dropping stuff and losing things. You know, if your stuff is laid out and ready to go, you'll enjoy the whole experience fully. And also too, getting through security and so on and so forth, it'll make your life a lot easier if you're already dressed and ready to go. But yeah, I definitely give myself plenty of time. I usually eat around four o'clock and I'm up around like two. I mean, I'm up and ready to go. And what time are you going to bed? Oh, I'm sorry, going to bed probably, you know, nine o'clock, 10 o'clock. Another tip, and I can't stress this enough, Dave, and I'm sure Dave would probably bring this up, is even during the races, you need to limit your time in the parks. You got, even if you're, a seasoned athlete and you're in tip-top shape, you gotta stay off your feet a little bit. You know, you're gonna be on your feet, you know, for if you're running all three races, that's gonna be what, 19, no, 20s, how many miles, my math is 20 something miles, whatever you're gonna be running. And, you know, by adding more distance, by walking extra in the parks, that's the last thing you wanna need, you know, for your race on, uh, on Sunday, is to have those extra miles. So make sure you stay off your feet as much as you can, get to bed early, you know, eight, nine o'clock, You'll get yourself your five, six, seven hours sleep, whatever 
you know, is good for you. And uh, you'll feel refreshed in the morning. Joe and I are in complete agreements with this. I'm going to be in bed by 9 o'clock. I'm getting up around 2.15 to try to be at a uh, bus by 3. Uh, usually what I do is the day before, when I come back from a race, I stop at the uh, food court and I pick up a plain bagel and a uh, tub of, of uh, peanut butter and just leave it in the uh, and a banana and I leave it in the refrigerator in my room. That's my breakfast. I'm usually eating that on the bus or beforehand. Usually I have to kind of choke it down because uh, pre-race, I'm so nervous before a race, the last thing I want to do is eat, but to not eat before a race would just be suicide. So I might just have half of the bagel at that point. Definitely get to bed as soon as possible. Uh, with that said, Princess, I ignored all of my uh, pre-race rituals because I got there the day before and I spent the entire day in the parks and closed out the studios with Fantasmic and got to bed at I got to bed at 11 and 2 o'clock. I was up, ready ready to run. So I definitely would not recommend that. I wasn't running for time with Run Disney races. Some people run them for time. My uh, philosophy is for all the money and the fact that you're running, for, running in Disney, I do a lot of walking. I stop for characters. My philosophy is run to complete, not to compete. I run other local races to get better time so that I can move up in corrals for run Disney races. All of my training goes back to run Disney to have have a good time with my friends. And we're gonna tear it up on that course, buddy. Don't worry about that, Kyle. I'll be I'll be there to push you along. I might have to bring a cattle prod, but it, don't push too hard. I can get it through security. I might, I might I'll fall. get you don't through. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to break one of my one of your rules already. I think uh, the night before the 10K, I can go see Bob. Yeehaw, Bob! So yes, I think I will. I will definitely be at uh, the River Roost for seeing uh, Yeehaw, Bob. As a matter of fact, my other running team, my good friends, uh, Team Shenanigans, give a give a check out to them, uh, TeamShenanigans.org, and they have a really great podcast that's also uh, very good for running. Them along with my our buddies uh, Mike and Michelle at the Mickey Miles and More podcast, and they just added Chris Eliopoulos to their uh, rotation. So I uh, want to give them some love too. And, and don't forget uh, Eddie McCoy with the American yes. show. Eddie McCoy and now Phil Vanderpool, who is uh, the brainchild behind the Small World Challenge that these guys like to ride me about for riding. It's a small world for uh, 17 hours straight. So, yes, got to give my friends Phil and uh, Eddie a little bit of love, too. They are all definitely great resources and will definitely uh, link our uh, show show notes and tweet out their uh, links the day this show comes out and the week after it comes out we'll definitely keep retweeting it for all that now we are running a little bit late but since this is our first time having a special guest we are going to introduce a brand new segment to the show we will be asking our guests a series of rapid fire questions and because joe is our first guest and knowing that he is such a uh NASCAR fan, we have decided to create this segment with him in mind, and we're going to keep it that way to have him leave a legacy on this show. All right. So it is time that we pay tribute to the great Lightning McQueen by asking Joe a series of rapid response questions in a new segment we are calling the Piston Cup. Lightning McQueen is going to win the Piston Cup. Gentlemen, start your engines. Kyle, floor it. All right, Joe, what is your favorite non-park activity in Walt Disney World? Uh, playing golf. Awesome. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, playing golf at, you know, the Disney courses. My favorite course would probably be uh, Lake Buena Vista. 
Nice. That's one thing I have yet to do. I wish they would at least put a pitch and putt. Mini golf, I've done all of the courses. I like winter summer land the best. Greg, floor it. All right, Joe, here's your question. What is your favorite audio animatronic show in all of the world? Without a doubt, it's Carousel Progress. Can't get enough of that show. Um, I start singing the theme song and my wife wants to kill me, <laughs> um, but it's a show that my family and I, it doesn't matter if it's my wife or with my parents, we just absolutely love it. Carousel Progress, hands down. Jeff, floor it. Joe, what do you think is the underrated attraction on the property? Oh my goodness. Underrated track, underrated attraction. Oh, um, I would have to say the people mover. I, I don't know why, but I think it doesn't. It's no love. There's never a line. You could people watch all day. Get off your feet. See which all of Tomorrowland, which is my favorite land. Uh, you can go inside Space Mountain. Check out. See what's going on in there. Uh, see what's going on inside. Uh, no Buzz Lightyear. I think this. I think the people mover gets doesn't get the love that it, it actually deserves. That's a great answer. <laughs> it's the right answer. And rounding out the finish would be me. If you could be anywhere in Disney Springs right now, where would you be? Oh, Raglan Road, without a doubt. The uh, the wings there are unbelievable. Um, I actually went there twice on my last trip in September. Uh, Raglan Road, without a doubt. Good beer, good food, great entertainment. It, what more could you want? Well, Joe, this has been. An absolute pleasure. We really appreciate you being our first guest. Would you please let uh, our listeners know where they can follow you and how they can contact you if they have any questions about Run Disney? Sure. I'm at Joe Quat, J-O-E-Q-U-A-T-T on Twitter and also on Instagram as well. And also you can check out, um, I wanted to blog some more over there, but at the resortloop.com blog over there as well. Um, but yeah, on Twitter, Instagram, or at the Resort Loop blog, you can find me. Perfect. And gentlemen, let our listeners know where they can find you guys. Greg? Hey, you can find me on Twitter at G Nevis. And on Facebook, look me up under Greg Nevis, N-E-V-I-U-S. Jeff? I'm uh, Braindud92 at Twitter, on Twitter, the Twitter. And uh, Braindew is in Mountain Dew on Instagram. Kyle? I'm Kyle Osterner on the Facebook. Um, 18 over, please. And Turkey Leg One on the Twitter. And you can find me on Twitter at Figments Reality and at Facebook under Dave Koch. And ladies and gentlemen, with that, we want to thank you for listening today. We hope you enjoy your week. Have a magical day. And remember, every mile is magic. You've just listened to another exciting episode at the Mickey Dudes Podcast. You can find the Mickey Dudes on Facebook at the Mickey Dudes Podcast and on Twitter at the Mickey Dudes. If you enjoyed our podcast, please share the love on Stitcher or iTunes. Thank you for tuning in and we'll see you again real soon.